Good afternoon. This is Greg McBride and Mike Lung here for the Allendale Market uh, Talk podcast. Uh, we are going to have to talk a little bit about uh, last Friday's planting intentions report and, and quarterly grain stocks. Quarterly grain stocks. Yes. And a little bit of disappointment in the market, I'd say. What do you think, Mike? I would say so. Um I think it really just says Friday. Ever since then, we've we, we've slowly been creeping back. Uh, so there hasn't been a lot of continued disappointment off of it. I think everyone realized after the report. Yeah, it is a report that came from March first numbers. Um, but one of the one of the things that you know, yes, you you mentioned we've come off these lows, uh, new contract lows in corn. Um, we well, not have front month, right? We have not seen. Uh, we haven't seen a lot of fund activity mm-hmm. the last three days now even today was well, monday was slow was monday yeah. was uh was decent volume but i think a lot of that was continuation funds don't generally get involved on report days anymore they let the algos kind of do their thing and uh we, so we're expecting to come in and maybe see a little bit of short covering or maybe even they continue to pile into the shorts mm-hmm. and and beat us up a little bit more but here we are wednesday we've seen two days out of the last three where we've been higher maybe not necessarily you know a lot higher but we've done some things mm-hmm. um i think uh you know the biggest uh, disappointment is obviously and and maybe the biggest surprise is that uh that stocks report for corn where we get an extra 270 million bushels right and the worst part about it is also that it came in the feed residual aspect of it which as rich stated in our Strategy session Monday, that's kind of the miscellaneous aspect of the report because if you're looking at it from just a logical standpoint, we had a rough winter. Usually during that time you have more feed for livestock. Mm-hmm. And it's not like we have a small livestock pool uh, this year. And No, we're feeding more animals now than I think we ever have. So. Right, so the fact that we actually fed apparently less to more livestock it doesn't make a lot of sense yeah i think it's the residual category that kind of throws things off that's uh nobody really knows exactly what that means at this point so i think that kind of uh throws things off the the more important thing is that on next tuesday's wasdi report the the monthly supply and demand report that probably pushes our ending stocks back near two billion Mm -hmm. which Kind of thought we were done with that for a little while, but now we're going to be knocking on the door again. Um, what do you uh, What do you think it's going to take here besides a deal with China to bring the the corn out of the cellar here for a little while? Yeah, what I think I, I think funds have been quiet recently because uh, one we just hit that report that we just came off of it, and I think they're waiting for a little bit more time before they really start getting back into here and short covering because they want to see how these crop progress reports come out. Right now we got wet weather, but that could easily change, and we have a full week of some dry weather, and then we, we got a little bit of a different picture there. So right. maybe well, just and, give them more time. And the you know it's important to note that you know when it comes to crop progress, whether it's planting progress or even you know the conditions reports that we get for wheat, um, when it comes to corn, the amount of guys that have actually started planting at this point is very minimal. I mean, we're mm-hmm. talking about, you know, maybe the uh, parts of the southeast and and Texas at this point. Right. Uh, but there's been so much rain and so much saturation everywhere else, There's n- nobody's going. Mm-hmm. You know, and we didn't get a lot of field work done 
uh, last fall. We didn't put anhydrous down on a lot of uh, a lot of acres, and with the uh, with the rivers not really being in operation right now, we're not seeing maybe the anhydrous or or other types of fertilizer coming up the uh, up the Gulf or up the rivers to right. uh, to get to us here. So. Um, you know, not that anybody can really get into the fields with them being as wet as they are and looking at the forecast, uh, you kind of get this whole push-pull thing where the forecast looks looks bullish. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of rain in the forecast. The, the guys that are not not out there right now probably aren't going to be out there in two weeks when they really want to be or need to be. But you also have this situation where we're not moving grain. Right. You can't move. You can't move grain down the rivers if they're if the rivers aren't aren't flowing, or they're at uh, at flood level. Yeah, so. and and as we get further in the season, we're also going to see this problem continue because we still have yet to have the Dakotas really melt off, and that's going to be coming down south of the rivers as well. Right. Well, that could be as as early as this weekend. I think there's uh, there's talk that they might hit uh, mid seventies uh, this weekend. Yeah. Which so. That could uh, that could provide a lot of fireworks. Uh, for those rivers, the Red River, and and uh, then all the way down into the Missouri and and mm-hmm. whatnot. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see how Nebraska takes that with how this previous storm came through and did all the damage to their dams, everything. See how the how everything's going to hold up if that comes through right after all that just happened. Because I know they haven't been able to rebuild everything yet. Um, so that, that well, will have, be I don't even know that they've really started, have they? I mean, I, I, none not, of the guys I've talked to out there are talking about, you know, all major construction companies being out there and rebuilding roads. It sounds like it's all kind of a localized effort at mm-hmm. this point. Yeah. You know, just trying to get the roads passable enough to, to, you know, get to town to buy groceries or something like right. that. Right. Yeah, I haven't heard any large-scale operations going on either. Um, so that will be interesting coming up. And like you said, usually it's not a couple of weeks until – they need to be out in the field, and that's that's probably when we're going to see more of those funds come in here and start short-curving. I know we were talking about April 15th is the around the normal time you'll see those core numbers start to pick up. Mm. Um, so maybe we wait to April 15th. If there's nothing in the ground then, maybe we get a little bit more excitement in this market. Maybe right. I know when when I was growing up, uh, my dad and I, you know, if it was if we weren't in the field at, on April 20th, that's when dad started getting a little bit nervous. Mm-hmm. Um and it, we didn't have a huge a huge farm, but it still was you know you had to you had to plan time to take off because Dad had a had another job and I was in school, so it was you had to kind of plan those things. And April twentieth, that's going to be here before you know it. I mean, we're only three weeks away from that. It's time to kind of see where we're at. And the fifteen day forecast looks like there's quite a bit of rain out to the west. Uh, there is a, lo- a big uh, a big area in the one to five day that hits the entire Midwest. So you know, just because it's not raining on you in the in the eleven to fifteen day doesn't mean that you haven't already seen enough moisture previous to that to to keep you out of the out of the fields. So, right. Um, what are we hearing with uh, with China? I know that we were over over there last week. They're over here this week. Are we hearing any any scuttlebutt? We're hearing some stories. Uh, Financial Times is reporting that talks are going well, optimism, yada, yada, yada. But then you also get stories that come out right after saying China doesn't want to sign a deal until tariffs are taken off. So we're still sitting in the same boat of back and forth, back and forth. It's going well. We still have to do this, yada, yada, yada. So it, it is really hard with this administration to actually know what's going on. 
I, we had the same thing going into the USMCA agreement where every single week we had a soft deadline at the end of the week and it didn't seem like it was going to get done. It didn't seem like it's got done. And we come out, oh, I want to say October 1st. I think October 1st. Uh, come October 1st, we have a deal done. And it didn't really seem like we were going to have something done, but we finally had something done. It's not officially done. Right. We haven't signed it yet. That's important but to note, too. That the- We have the final draft that's still in place. But right now there was actually a story last week or this week that Pelosi said that she's not going to be changing uh, – well, they're not going to be passing – USMCA unless Mexico changes their labor laws. So that even with the deals we have mostly in place, they're not actually done. So, well, then you get yeah. this the side story of shutting down uh shutting down the borders and mm-hmm. that's a big deal for, you know, US Mexico because there's a lot of produce that comes from uh, from Mexico, there's a lot of obviously uh, corn uh, and and whatnot that goes back to Mexico from from the U.S. And uh, I don't think they're going to shut down the border. No. I, I, but you know, I mean, that's kind of the bargaining chip that uh, we're playing against uh, against Mexico and the Republicans and Democrats are throwing back and forth at each other mm-hmm. to get a deal signed. And so, just because we've got uh, a deal. Kind of figured out doesn't necessarily mean we're we're in, in a good place right now. Right. In all honesty, even if we do shut down the border, I, I, how much I don't know how much it's really going to affect corn because it it is a lot cheaper to rail corn down to Mexico as opposed to ship it up from Brazil. Well, and you've got to you've got to believe that any any border shutdown will be a very limited time thing, mm-hmm. and it's not going. It probably will not affect. Uh, it might affect you know a few shipments here and there, but it's not going to affect new sales, right? You know not, those not. are those are typically it's okay. We get a sale done, and then two or three weeks, or even two or three months down the road, we're going to get that uh, that shipped out. So mm-hmm. I don't think I don't think it's as big a deal as what people are playing up uh, now. When we had the government shutdown at the end of the year and beginning of this year, I don't think anybody thought it was going to last thirty five days. Right. So you know, I mean, we, then again, we get that. Well, somebody's somebody's got a got a budge, and it's just a matter of seeing who's who's going to do it. Yeah, and you know that both both sides of this party right now are extremely hard headed. Um, there's not a lot of give and take here, so it, it, it will be interesting. I don't I don't, I don't know if they're going to shut down the border though. And what's we'll your What's your take on this China thing with uh, with ASF the African Swine Fever? Um, the amount of hogs that they've called and the, the fact that they're coming in uh, buying U.S. pork uh, at a better clip than normal. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what a lot of a lot of guys are getting excited about is, you know, hog prices have, have gone gone up dramatically here in the last few weeks or the last month and a half, two months. Uh, but I think what everybody's kind of losing sight on is if they're culling that many hogs over there, that demand is going to drop off substantially for beans. Mm-hmm. I mean. So yes, they may be buying pork for you know for protein, or maybe uh, I was even talking to one of my uh, producers the other day. And he said, "Well, you know, what's going to happen when China goes out and overfishes to fill that protein need?" And he's like, 
the the problem that you're going to run into is that all these other countries are going to start to try and put sanctions on them because they're 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 trying to find a way to feed their people mm-hmm. because they've had this the swine uh, fever issue. Um, but what they're what we're not talking a lot about yet is even if we get a China deal done, that soybean demand is going to drop off the table pretty hard. Yes. Um the thing about the whole soybean deal, though, is even if we do get a deal done, I'm not sure that the prices we have right now are even sustainable. So whether or not this swine fever issue actually takes part, I don't know if that's really going to be a big factor here as opposed to just how many beans we have on hand already. Right. 900 and, million on carryout is, yeah, you know, that's that's gigantic. So I I don't know if we'll be able to hold these levels once we do have a deal, uh, especially with how late we've been pushing this down the road. I do think that they're, they have less feed demand because of what's been happening. Um, but at the same time, with this African swine fever, I don't know if it's actually out of China's control right now. I, I, we have been hearing reports about how much it's happened, yada, yada, yada. But I was talking to my clients who went over there and uh, – he was saying it kind of seems like China's just letting this problem go on with the smaller uh, pig farmers in order to grasp more control in the larger sectors. So they're trying to kind of push out the little guys so they can have a better grasp on the larger uh, producers mm-hmm. in order to maintain a little bit more control so something like this doesn't happen again. So I don't know if it's going to be a problem in the long run. I think that they're going to try and, as a communist state does, try and get some more control over the whole industry and build it that way going forward. So we'll have to see how that goes along. But from what I've been hearing from my client that went over there, it it doesn't seem like they're too concerned about this African swine fever problem. So when you get the reports saying that they have it under control, they might have it under control for what they want. Mm Mm-hmm. So okay, well, what uh, something we haven't done in a while, but uh, let's talk about uh, uh, some markets uh, outside of our our norm. Obviously, you know we talk uh, corn, corn and bean qu- quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just mentioned the hogs are you know skyrocketing. They they're off the highs, but they're they're working back towards it again. Um, what what are some other markets that uh, that you're looking at? We don't necessarily have to have you know recommendations, but some some thoughts on uh, on other markets that you're looking at. Yeah, crude's been an interesting market lately. We've been having uh, we other day uh, broke out above the 200 day moving average, which also was pretty close to the 50 percent retracement on that big move down we had since I think last October. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was an interesting one. Something. Probably should be watching here, especially with it seems like Russia is not really sticking with OPEC's uh, right, and, demands. And that's the the thing to to talk about with respect to crude is that all of this happen is happening in a time where we're continuing to see stocks build. Mm-hmm. Uh, these these numbers continue to to grow. I mean, even today's report was a build of seven hundred million or seven million barrels. Uh, that is. That's a big number uh, for a one-week move, yet we continue to to work our way up and stay in this uptrend. We've seen it come down and try and test uh, the uptrend lines or, or some of the moving averages from uh, from time to time, but it stays in the uptrend. And obviously some of the things, and I've, I've been watching it too, I've been trying to trade a little bit. Some of the other things to 
uh, to look at here are we're coming up to a major demand time uh, for the U.S. You know, mm-hmm. we've, we're going to have, hopefully, agriculture get out to the to hit the roads and hit the fields we're going to have construction that uh, kicks back up and and you know here it is april we're in the first week of april we're only you know seven or eight weeks away from summer driving season yeah so that uh, that usually does help to kind of push this market along even in the face of of big stocks mm-hmm. so. yeah you got that and then it also seems opec lately has not seemed very stable um a lot of actually a lot of groups uh world trade organization nato the eu they've all seemed to be going to a more nationalistic idea as opposed to the world global world uh idea that's been pushed over the last during the obama administration you had the paris uh treaty and you know world trade organization nato all this stuff that was all building and lately, it seems like these are starting to fall apart. You have Britain trying to leave the EU. France says that if EU goes through with uh, the U.S. talking to Trump, uh, France was threatening to leave as well. So it seems like all these uh, organizations are, are really starting to find it hard to stay together recently. Right. Any other uh, markets that uh, uh, we should be looking at? I've been seeing, which is not something I usually watch, but I've been seeing a lot of articles on Bitcoin, and uh, it has had a pretty good breakout recently. Yeah, it's a, what uh, two thousand or so off the off the lows. Yeah, it recently broke above the five thousand. Yeah, well, yesterday it broke above five thousand. Today it's it's holding above it. We broke above th- five thousand yesterday, and really peeled off our highs. But today we recovered most, if not all, of what we peeled back yesterday. Is uh, there still a plan for uh, for delisting? I think so. I think I think they're taking. Is that yeah. CBOE or, or are we talking uh, the CME group getting rid of that? Completely? I want to say CME group, but I could be wrong. Okay. Uh, it's something you probably have to fact check. Um, but yeah, that's that's another market that's been interesting because obviously since we hit that peak, what was it, a year ago? Yeah, a little over a year ago. Yeah, it, it seems like the market just Every really thought ahead. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and these past two days, I mean, pretty sizable moves. Yeah. Well, I think uh, what, uh, another one that uh, is interesting is uh, the coffee market. Um, you don't ne- it's not necessarily where I would like it to be to be a buy just mm-hmm. yet. It's coming off of contract lows. Uh, it's I'd prefer to see it start to test and take out some resistance levels. Mm-hmm. Um, but it did have a solid day today. You saw the softs. Uh, uh, Across the board, the last few days have picked up uh, uh, in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think cocoa had a solid day up. Sugar was off a little bit, but and, and juice has been kind of in a in a little bit of a range. But that coffee market's interesting because you know, much like the uh, the corn market, you've hit or been near contract lows, and it's like, well, you know, what's going to break these things? Well. It, it, Sometimes low prices cure low prices, mm-hmm. and those are those are markets that you know. If we were able to to get into it, I'm not going to get married to that position. I'm gonna you know it's going to be okay. Let's set a an attainable goal, take our profit away from it if if possible, and and see how it continues to go. Because I've we've had plenty of other markets where we did that, and you know it, it's we left a lot of money on the table. You know, Arbob is a prime example of that. Crude oil is a prime example of that. Where mm-hmm. You get to a certain level, 
you think, okay, we could see it uh, correct and come back down because it got overbought. And, well, it just keeps marching. So, you know, that's one of those where, oh, it could have, would have, should have. But if you're taking profit out of things and it looks good for you and you achieved your goal, there's going to be another opportunity at some other point. It doesn't You don't have to get married to a position and just say, okay, well, I think this thing is going to just take off and keep going to the moon. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's uh, coffee's been one that I've uh, I've been watching a little bit. There, it is setting up, but it's it's not where I want it to be just yet. Um, what cotton? I, I know you follow cotton. I amount. do follow cotton, and and the tough part about cotton for uh, is that it's so tied to China. Uh, they have you know obviously with the with you know a billion or two billion people over there, they have a, a giant demand for cotton. They are. They are the ones that are, you know, that are making your T-shirts, you know, a lot of times. So that one has been rough because we've we've been bouncing tariffs back and forth, and so cotton has taken taken a hit on that. But the nice thing is, we were looking for uh, a record cotton crop to be planted, and USDA came in and actually gave us, I think, a quarter million acres lower than last year. So that looks good for cotton for new crop. Mm-hmm. If we get a deal done with China here in the next few months, and we have a decent crop, we could see ourselves, you know, bounce this uh, this cotton market up. And we have seen it bounce up uh, here in the last uh, uh, few weeks. Um, but uh, you know, that's going to be one of those where if you've got a cotton producer, uh, you probably need to start looking at uh, December hedges. Uh, once you get to, you know, the seventy-nine or eighty cent range, mm-hmm. so. yeah, a lot of, uh, of uh, uncertainty about China's markets right now. Yeah, and, and it, it sucks that it all kind of revolves around China. But right, you know, I I think once we do get that done, though, I mean, it it kind of takes the weight off of things. And I know the farmer is is really looking forward to the idea of maybe seeing some higher prices. But I think that's where, you know, with we, we, this goes back to when we when we talked to, to Paul and, you know, stick to the plan. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're a producer, don't get so excited about a price rally. Yeah, it's it's be it's good to be able to take advantage of it, but keep your keep your eyes on the prize. Remember that you don't make any money unless you sell that grain. Right. So, um, you know, start locking in hedges along the way, you know, whether it's for actual cash or whether it's on the board. Mm-hmm. So. I think hedges are something you're also going to want to look at here for beans coming up just because of, like I said, how far we've kicked it down the road. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we do get a deal with China, will we get a little push here? Probably. Yeah, we could see a rally, but yeah. At the same time, if if we keep kicking this down the road, we make this like we've heard earlier June. That's that's very far down the road, um, so definitely something to look at. But hopefully, with China coming back, we can see the index funds. But we'll talk more about that next week. And if you guys need to get a hold of us, uh, you can reach us here at eight hundred two six two seven five three eight. That number again is eight hundred two six two seven five three eight. Email service at allendale-inc.com. For this week, Allendale Market Talk, Mike Lung, Greg McBride, signing out. See you guys next week.